Hey, I'm Steph. I'm Alex. And this is Not Today. And we are live. Hello there. I'm good. I know you didn't ask, but I am. (laughs) How are you? Oh, period. Okay, yeah. No, I'm fine. It's been kind of a rough week for the two of us, has it not? It's not been great. No. Um, Both of us separately had a medical issue of some sort, and I went to the emergency room one night at midnight and was turned away when they told me that it was a 10-hour wait. So I, I came home and then had to go to the urgent care the next morning. Which and, was quicker. Which was, okay, objectively. Was actually quicker. It was, it was objectively quicker, but I still had to wait two and a half hours to be seen. Super fun and slay. Um, <laughs> but, and, and I'm better now. But then two nights later, we turn around and you have a crisis and you're like, do I need to go to the emergency room right now? And then the next morning, aka this morning, you go to urgent care. We're both okay now. But it's been yeah. kind of a crazy week. We're both on some medication where we can't drink so we've cracked a non-alcoholic beer cheers everyone <laughs> cheers to cheers that. to this crazy week we've had yeah, with our amen. non-alcoholic beverages and let it be over soon god thank you for this week but end it soon <laughs> sure you know i think i think we're on the up and up we we've are got some some fun things ahead of us we do yeah we're traveling right. we're gonna go to san francisco next week that's exciting beautiful city anyway from what i hear this podcast isn't about our medical problems. <laughs> but we did kind of make it that for a couple minutes. You Just, guys can handle that, that's right? That's fine. At the what end of the we, day, it yeah. is our show. So. Right. Anyway. What's uh, the story this week? We keep talking over each other. Oh, my God. Ugh. We're so excited. I just want the story. Okay, I'll give it to you. So this week, we are going to be talking about Noella Rocundo. Noella Rocundo emigrated from Burundi to Australia with her five children as a refugee in 2004. Soon after, she met Belenga Kalala, and Belenga was born in the Democratic Republic of Congo near Burundi and had been married at the age of 24 to a girl in his village. However, Belenga had to flee after a rebel army had rampaged through his village And in an extremely tragic turn of events, Belenga's wife and young son were killed by this group in front of him. Oh my god. Belenga was then taken prisoner, but managed to bribe the guards with two cows and escaped. He then spent about a year in a refugee camp in Botswana before being accepted as a refugee in Australia in 2004 as well. At the time, Belenga settled in Melbourne, where he quickly found steady work, first in a seafood processing factory and then in a warehouse as a forklift operator. And Noella had first met him since the two had shared the same social worker at a resettlement agency for refugees. Belenga would actually often be asked to help Noella since he had already spoken English and she only spoke Swahili at the time, so he would regularly translate for her. They were both going through such a huge transition, so the two most likely bonded over their situations, and their friendship quickly turned romantic, and the two started dating, and after only a year, in 2005, Noella and Belenga were married. Love that for them. Yeah, a nice little budding relationship. 
Not budding. They tied the knot, baby. That's true, but it was a little a little quick after a year. But I mean... You know, they know what they want. Definitely. Nothing wrong with that. The couple settled in Kings Park, which is a suburb of Melbourne, where they had three kids on top of the five kids that Noella had from a previous relationship, bringing it to a whopping number of eight kids. So, Oh my God. Full house. Everything was going great for them. They were living in this community where pretty much everyone knew them or at least knew of them. It had kind of a small town vibe. They were one with their community. But that took a turn when Noella's stepmother suddenly passed away. This was devastating news for Noella since they were very close and she was the last person in Noella's life that she called mother. By that point, Noella had been living in Kings Park for about 10 years. However, the funeral was going to take place in her home country of Burundi in East Central Africa. On January 21st, Noella flew over 7,500 miles to the capital of Burundi to attend her stepmother's funeral. On February 17th, 2015, following that service, Noella was absolutely exhausted on the way back to her hotel. Once she was finally back in her room at around 8 p.m., she got a call from Belanga, since he had stayed back in Melbourne to take care of the kids. On the call, Belanga had told Noella that he had tried to call her several times throughout that day, but she told him that she was busy with the services and now she was tired and she just wanted to go to sleep. Belanga was definitely surprised that she was going to bed so early, but she explained that she was both physically and emotionally exhausted and just needed some rest. Belanga then asked her how the weather was and suggested that Noella take a step outside of her room to get some fresh air since that might make her feel a little bit better. I'm like very curious where this is going. Okay. This is a lot of pre-story. It's just not obvious to me what type of survival story this is yet. Well, and usually I feel like I pick up on it pretty quick. Okay, well, you're about to find out. Oh, yeah? <laughs> well, yeah, that's the point. So Belanga was like, why don't you go outside, get some fresh air? It might make you feel a little bit better. So once the two hung up the phone, Noella took her husband's advice and decided to take a short walk before she went to bed. However, moments after stepping outside, and opening the gate to the hotel compound, Noella was rushed by a man with a gun pointed at her head. Oh, right. Did that make Here things a little, bit, a little bit clearer for you? Sure. Jesus, man. Yeah. Right? The, you, like you take a step out of your hotel room? Yes, one step outside of her hotel and she's rushed by a man with a gun. The man told her very quickly not to scream and if she did, he would shoot her. And he told her that even if someone caught him, for her screaming, it wouldn't matter because she would already be dead. So that's when she took it very seriously. I mean, she was already taking it seriously because a man with a gun was pointing a gun at her. But then he's like, listen, I don't care if I'm caught. I'll be caught, but you'll be dead. So feeling the extreme weight of this man's threat, she did exactly what she was told. The gunman then motioned Noella toward a waiting car and she was ushered into the back seat. Inside the car, Noella was put between two men, one of which had a small gun and the other had a much bigger and longer gun. The men in the back seat then asked the driver to pass them a scarf, which they used to cover her face. 
Noella was completely silent as they pulled away from the curb. They then drove around 30 to 40 minutes before the car came to a stop again. Once they had reached their destination, Noella was forced out of the car and then pushed inside a building before being tied to a chair. She then heard one of the kidnappers say to someone, go call the boss. And she heard shuffling around and doors opening and shutting around her. She wasn't sure if this boss was in the next room over or if he was somewhere else, but soon one of the men started asking her questions. They asked her, what did you do to this man? Why has this man asked us to kill you? Which Noella asked them, which man? Because she didn't have any problem with anyone that she knew of. And that's when the men tell her, your husband. What? Noella was completely taken aback because she definitely didn't have any major problems with her husband. Sure, they had disagreements, and Noella even admitted that at times Belenga could be violent, but she was never afraid for her life and didn't believe that he could kill her. He was violent? Yeah, we don't know exactly specifics about their relationship before this event because she never really talks about it in detail. But I think what was going on was Belenga had probably PTSD from what he had experienced in Africa before he had come over to Australia. I mean, it's I'm not trying to make excuses for violent behavior because I don't know what it was, but I think it was like he had PTSD and at times he was a little bit violent, whether that was like punching a wall or something else, I'm not sure. But point being, she was never afraid for her life. So getting the news that her husband wanted her dead was absolutely shocking. Well, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I mean, mean, as it would be for most people. I was really confused when you told me that the rebel army came through his village and then only killed his wife and son. Yeah. And not him. Like, why not him? I don't know. I guess he escaped. I mean, I guess they were holding him hostage for a little while. At least this is what he said. They were holding him hostage. He managed to, I guess, give them two cows and then they he escaped. It's it's I mean, unclear. It's very yeah, unclear. The, just that, that storyline is just confusing to me. Sure. I mean, I certainly don't know. It's what he said happened. But, um, yeah. you know, I, I have no experience in that kind of... I mean, how does she not just, like, immediately dissociate upon hearing that news? Oh, she kind of does. So we're going to, let's get there. Oh, really? Yeah. So she told the men that her husband wouldn't kill her, he can't kill her, then they were lying to her, which was when they slapped her. The boss man in this situation then told Noella that she was very stupid and they were going to call the person who had paid them to kill her. So this gang leader made a call and said into the phone, we already have her, to whoever was on the other end. He then put the call on speakerphone for Noella to hear the reply, which is when she heard her husband's voice flatly say, kill her. Oh my god. Yeah. How cold. What the hell is wrong with you, Belanga? Just flat, no emotion? Yeah. Your wife? Mm Mm-hmm. Who you have kids with? Well, he already put in the deposit if you will I, like well, he, what though i mean just the mother of your children well yeah i i don't know no i'm on your can't, side i can't wrap my head around it and you know what i love that for you and for me hey, hey. i love that as your partner you can't wrap your head around killing your partner 
<laughs> you know? You know, that's a good thing. That's a really good thing for me. No, but when she heard her husband's voice, like clear as day, she knew it was Belanga, she immediately passed out. How do you not? Yeah, she heard her husband say, kill her, and then she blacked out. Just hours earlier, that same voice had seemed so concerned for her and consoled her over the death of her stepmother, and now her husband had condemned her to death. She said after hearing his voice, she felt like her head was going to blow up, and then, like I said, she passed out, which must have only been for a short moment, because after confirming that it was in fact her husband who had paid them to kill her, the gang leader continued the conversation with Belenga by telling him exactly where they were going to dispose of her body after they killed her. At that point, Noella had completely resigned herself to death. She didn't think there was a single thing that she could do to stop these men. She was completely outnumbered and she was tied to a chair. But to Noella's surprise, after hanging up the phone with Belenga, The gang leader looked at her and said, we're not going to kill you. We don't kill women and children. (laughs) So they have morals. I was like, I'm just speechless because good for her. Good for her. So you murder people for a living. Right. No, they're definitely not good people, but they have some kind of moral code, which is benefiting Noella. I mean, why go through all this like we're gonna dispose of her here and all this other stuff in front of her they're gonna tell her oh we don't kill women and children because they wanted to exploit belanga for as much money as they possibly could they're taking his money they want him to believe that she has been killed dude this has got to be just the worst of the worst humanity on display some of yeah for sure But not only did they say that they didn't kill women and children, these kidnappers also just so happened to know Noella's brother, apparently. So that was just another added layer of, okay, we're not going to kill you, which is very lucky. And we love that for Noella. We love that. Yeah. Wait, how did they know Noella's brother? I don't know. I that One of my sources said that, and I don't know how they knew him. I guess they were in the same area as like noella's family so maybe it was like a small small area i don't know small world i know your brother this little small town murder right small town hitman what (laughs) um so after telling her i'm sorry how surreal is it that you think you're about to be killed and they're they say what's your last name (laughs) oh wait hold on i know joey oh you're a rocundo (laughs) <laughs> oh my god i love the raccoons. i love the raccoons. we had uh we, we had, had dinner together all the time last week we broke bread <laughs> so after they told her they weren't going to kill her because they don't kill women and children they followed that up with well we still believe that you are stupid because your husband paid us in november And now it had been months. It was now January. So they they asked her, how stupid can you be? From November, you can't see something is wrong with you and your husband. And he literally paid us months ago. So they're like, you're dumbass. I don't know, man. Some people are really good at hiding things. Oh, yeah, I don't agree. That's just what they said to her. So although this gang leader had principles, he took this opportunity to extort more money from Belanga. So he called him back and informed him that the fee for the murder had increased. 
He wanted a further 3,400 Australian dollars to finish the job, which would have brought the payment to $7,000 total. But Belanga didn't even really care. He just paid whatever they asked him, which is also telling. He was like, okay, whatever. Seven grand for somebody's life? I guess. However, while all of this was going on back at the hotel, Noella's brother was getting worried about her disappearance. So he called Belanga in Australia to ask him for $545. That way he could pay the police so they would open an investigation into his sister's potential kidnapping. And I didn't know how corrupt the police systems were in Africa, but from what I understand, at least in the Democratic Republic of Congo, if you want the police to do anything at all, it requires bribery. Wow. You have to pay out of pocket to get any kind of help. So in DRC, 75% of people who had engaged with the police paid a bribe. And in Kenya, which is nearby, the police scored an 81% corruption rate. And bribery isn't the only problem. Many people experience illegal arrest, false imprisonment, and just like general corruption. The police system in Democratic Republic of Congo is one of the most corrupt institutions in the country, which is already riddled with corruption. So that's definitely a side note, but I just found it interesting and I didn't know. Yeah, I mean, that's insane. How do you live? I mean, you can't even get a murder investigated unless you pay for it. Yeah. It's crazy. I know. So since Belenga was originally from that area and knew how these things worked, he had no problem wiring that money to Noella's brother to kind of save face. And he also definitely played along as like the concerned husband. He was like, oh, she's missing? Oh, I had no idea. Even though he just five minutes ago was like, kill her. The hit group kept Noella in captivity for two days. And during that time, they did inform Belenga that his wife was dead. But they did end up freeing her after that. They told her that they were giving her 80 hours to leave the country. They knew that Belenga was serious about wanting the job done. And although they were sparing her life, other paid hitmen wouldn't do the same thing. And they honestly didn't even know that she would make it out of the country into Australia. So they're like, you need to get out of here really quick. How many hitmen is he paying, though? Well, who knows? I mean, they said that she died and he probably believed them. But if he found out that she was still alive, clearly he wants the job done. So so they were like, for your safety, you got to get out of here. Mm-hmm. Because this place is not safe for you right now. Although these men didn't kill her, they definitely were not good people as we know. I mean, they're hitmen. Imagine that. Yeah. Noella said they got very violent toward her and even acted as if her being in that situation was her own fault. They told her that they wanted her to get back to Australia. That way she could tell other stupid women like her what happened so they could learn from her mistake. All right. Honestly, if this is the worst thing that they do is berate her like this, it's pretty big win. These are murderers. Well, yeah. I mean, they were were still violent toward her. I don't know exactly what that means, but she said for two days they were pretty violent toward her and they blamed her for her situation. So, yeah, they were not good people by any means. She just got very lucky. And although they pretty much blamed her for everything, they did give her a few very helpful things. Before leaving Noella by the side of the road, the gang handed her a cell phone with the evidence she needed to incriminate Belanga. 
which included a memory card containing recorded phone conversations of him discussing the murder and receipts for the Western Union money transfer. Wow. So they just handed her all that on a platter. Yes. Do they also incriminate themselves? Or I no. guess the cops don't care? Well, one, they're in Africa. And two, they're not incriminating themselves because they didn't like name themselves. They're just giving a soundbite of the conversation and also the Western Union transfer. So it's not like they can really track that. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I, no- mean, I just, I'm sorry. No, it's fine. The concept of this is insane. Isn't it? You are kidnapped by paid killers. Mm-hmm. Your husband is the one who paid. They extort him for more money. He pays it with no problem. And then they let you go. And then they let you go. But not only do they let you go, they give you all the evidence you need to put your husband away, I hope, forever. Well, yeah. And they didn't kill you because you're a woman and they know your brother. Correct. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's very, it's messy. Yeah, I just, how could anyone have imagined this? I don't think you could have. Yeah, no, this is, you couldn't write this shit if you tried. It's just like, what? Um, So Noella immediately began planning her return to Australia, which began with her contacting her pastor of her church in Melbourne, which was nice because she didn't have to do this completely alone because nobody could know that she was alive because if her family members knew she was alive, that would most likely get back to Belanga. And she just wanted to be as safe as possible, but she still had to tell somebody and she chose her pastor. Right, and I feel like if you told him, you might also endanger your children, right? Maybe. True. I mean, he's clearly crazy enough to kill you, so who's to say he wouldn't kill the kids? So she called her pastor in the middle of the night and basically told him, it's me, I'm still alive, and just don't tell anybody. And she also told her pastor everything that happened to her from start to finish, At first, he was kind of in denial about what she went through because he had a close relationship both with Noella and Belanga and had a hard time believing that he would try to kill anyone, let alone his wife. But as we know, she had the proof. And that's when they started working out a plan. So over the next few days, Belanga informed their family and friends in the community that his wife had been killed in a tragic accident while she was away. He didn't have any answers to give them if he told them that she had just gone missing. So I guess this was the easiest option because if she had just been kidnapped or had gone missing, then it's like we keep the the hope alive that she's that she's alive. But, you know, him saying she died in a tragic accident, then it's like, okay, there's no hope. I guess if you can make up the story, that's what you go with. Sure, that's what he did. But to cover his own ass, he still constantly checked up on Noella's brother to see if there had been any updates or tips, but nothing about Noella's case was turning up. He also used these check-ins with Noella's brother as a way to know if a body had turned up. So it was kind of a 50-50 of like, oh, I'm going to act as if I'm super concerned for my wife, but also I really want to know if they found a body. So let's keep checking in. It was really unclear what the police were doing or if they were doing anything at all to try and help find Noella. Everything was just really stagnant, which was really frustrating and upsetting to Noella's brother and family back in Africa. And since things weren't looking good, 
Noella was just presumed dead. The family hadn't heard anything, and since they knew the area best, they had come to the conclusion that if she hadn't been found by then, it was a very high likelihood that she had been killed. Which was incredibly distressing for Noella's loved ones, and Belenga was of course acting absolutely distraught, grieving the loss of his wife. But worse, How can you do that? I mean, he's a psycho. I mean, worse than that, their eight children fully believed that their mother had been killed and were grieving the loss of her. Like, eight children. Her family, her community, and her children, worst of all. Oh my god, you're gonna look in their eyes and just pretend along with them, you yeah. fucking snake. Yeah, terrible. The one positive about this time was that their community in Kings Park really helped out the family by offering spiritual and even financial support for them. With the help of the Belgian and Kenyan embassies, Noella was able to get back to Australia, and three days later on the evening of February 22nd, 2015, Noella was back in Melbourne. By that point, the community had come together to mourn the loss of Noella, and Belenga spent the day hosting a steady stream of well-wishers, most of whom had donated money to the family. At around 7.30 p.m., the service was winding down. Belenga was outside in front of the house. He had been inside mourning with a group of people, but at that point, he was escorting a group into a car. However, when that car pulled away... Belenga saw something he was completely unprepared to see. No. So the, it's just like any movie scene where the car pulls away and she's right there. Oh, yeah. As if she had risen from the dead, Noella stood in the front yard in front of him. She stood there looking at him as he stared back completely dumbfounded with his hands on his head. He stared he started very slowly walking toward her as if he was walking on broken glass and reached out and touched Noella's shoulder as if he couldn't actually believe she was there unless he touched her, which he did. And then once he touched her shoulder, he like jumped. He was like, oh my God. And as he did this, he was muttering to himself, is it my eyes? Is it a ghost? But Noella was in fact very real and said back to him, surprise, I'm still alive. Surprise, motherfucker. <laughs> Literally. She said, surprise, I'm still alive. You are a wicked man. Why did you want me killed? What about your small children? Who was going to look after them? I felt like someone who has risen again. So she I mean, shows she up. she kind of has. Yeah. She shows up and she's like, surprise, motherfucker. Like, yeah. that is boss. Like, that is a baller move. Can you imagine showing up to your own damn funeral? Well, yeah, that's what I would have done. I would have shown up to the service. That's what she did. Oh, they were having a service? Was this like in front of people? Where have you been? You know, I thought that they were having a service at their house and then everyone was like leaving and the last people to leave left. No, no, no. There were still people inside. Oh. This was her funeral. This was her funeral service. This was her like morning like event Oh. at, her at their house and she showed up to her own funeral. I mean, that's the only way to do and it. And was like, surprise. Right? Yeah, it's a boss move. Although, I don't know. I feel that I might have called the cops first. She does. She didn't call them first, but she calls the cops after. 
Oh. She just wanted her grand entrance, and I do not blame her. Yeah, can't blame her. It's artistic touch. Seriously. So all he was able to say to her after she gave him that, you know, peace of mind, he said, I'm sorry for everything, because he knew that he was caught. Those who were inside at this point realized that the very person they were mourning was in the yard, and everyone was completely floored, except Noella's pastor, who knew this juicy secret the whole time. So imagine being the pastor. You're at the funeral, like, you know, blessing people or whatever pastors do. And <laughs> you're, you're like, oh my God, we're so sad. This is such a sad day. Can you believe it? And in the back of his mind, the whole time, he's like, oh my God, today's <laughs> going to be so juicy. Like, <laughs> that's, that's drama. That is full on drama. You talk about it as if it's like something you would see on YouTube between influencers. Like, it's going to be drama. This, I, I don't care what you say. This is the hottest tea anyone could pump out. That's She came back true. from the dead. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know how he, the pastor held it together. He has ice in the veins. He kind of does. Yeah. A little bit. Noella, after that, called the police, who ordered Belanga off the premises and later obtained a court order against him. Even though Noella had extremely good evidence against her husband, days after the arrest, police instructed her to call Belanga, and on this phone call, which was recorded, he confessed to everything while begging for her forgiveness. So they were like, just call him. We'll record it. Let's see what happens. And then he literally confessed to everything. I mean, was that necessary if you have the receipts and... I guess uh, not, but it's always easier to, like, have an actual straight-up confession. So they're like, let's just see if it's going to be that easy. And it was. Yeah, well, he's not getting any forgiveness, mm. I assume. Well, let's keep going. No. So he also revealed... Shut up. <laughs> he also revealed why he had put out the hit in the first place. Belenga apparently wanted to kill Noella because he believed she was having an affair. And he became jealous of this quote-unquote other man, even though there was no other man. How did he come to that conclusion? I don't know. He just was a jealous piece of shit who the only option in his brain, instead of being communicative with his partner and say, hey, babe, are you cheating on me? He said, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. With not... a hit while you're mourning your stepmother. Sound good? Sick. Sound good, yeah. A psycho. Could yeah. you imagine being like, I don't know if this is actually true, even if it was true. This is a, this is too far. Belanga, yeah. hate to break it to you. Too far. Yeah. Perhaps there was a better course of action. I think perhaps. But also to do it with no evidence Ridiculous. is insane to me. Yes. And... So he began to wrongly suspect her of cheating on him, and he paid $7,000 to a group of hitmen to kill his wife. In a police interview, Belenga denied any involvement in the hit, and this interview lasted a few hours before he was confronted with the recording of the phone conversation that he had with Noella and all the evidence that she had brought back, and... When presented with this blaring evidence and confession, he just started crying. I mean, 
I guess what else do you do? But like, he just started crying. It's like when you, you know, when you get like when you were a kid and you like got caught doing something you shouldn't have done and you just, your immediate reaction is just burst into tears. That's what it reminds me of. Just like a temper tantrum. (laughs) That's just a funny visual for me. He's just like sitting there pouting and crying. I mean, I guess that is what he's doing. It's also hilarious to me that they interviewed him for hours before. and had him had him deny it for hours yeah. before presenting it to him. They just want to it's make just, him look as bad as possible. Oh, it's the ultimate poetic justice, is yeah. it not? Yeah. He never actually gave any real explanation for his actions other than, I was jealous. What made him suspect she was having an affair? There's no actual, like, storyline to that. It was just, he was like, I suspected her of cheating. I mean, he got angry when she was going to go to bed early on the night she was mourning her stepmother. So he's like, you're going to bed early? So I think he's just kind of like a hothead. Yeah, very controlling. Yeah. You can't even go to bed a little early? Imagine that. Someone who puts out a hit on you is a little bit controlling. Well, yeah. (laughs) You're like, he sounds controlling. (laughs) (laughs) What? He just doesn't seem of sound mind. (laughs) You know, that doesn't sound like the best husband. So he, other than saying he was just jealous, he said, quote, sometimes the devil can come into someone and do something, but after they do it, they start thinking, why did I do that thing? Yeah, I think once you're presented with the consequences, that may be when this question starts to arise. And I think it's safe to say that he did not walk in the light of Christ for these past few months. That's, you know, very fair to say, I think. And the devil, t- <laughs> the devil came. So all in all, he's not taking any responsibility for his actions. He's just saying that the devil did it. Yeah, he's saying the devil made me do it. Oh, no, the devil. Yeah, dude. No, it was you. It was you, King. You did it the whole time. On December 11th of the following year in court, he did end up pleading guilty and was sentenced to nine years in prison with eligibility for parole after six. Well. We don't love that. You know. We don't love that. So if he serves his full term, he will be released in 2024 because it was 2015. So not loving that. I don't know. Can you reform that? I I just don't know. I don't know. But, I mean, I haven't seen anything that says he's already out. I mean, he was eligible for parole starting, I believe, in 2021. So he's not out yet, as far as I know. But, I mean, the longest he'll be there is 2024, which, I don't know. It That sounds a little short to me, but it's also in Australia. So I'm not sure how they do things over there. Yeah, I, I guess just with this series of behavior, it's hard for me to imagine that he wouldn't have the capacity to do that again yeah who knows since then noella has struggled with nightmares and said specifically the sound of her husband's voice saying kill her is something that now plagues her which is completely understandable that's traumatic yeah how can you ever get that out of your head my god i mean how can how can that not plague you i just imagine the most trusted relationship that you have in your life being pulled out from under you in a second in a second and they were married for 10 years they had eight children i mean five of them were from a previous relationship that noella had but that doesn't matter i mean after 10 years i'm i'm sure you look at those children as your own children right you know i mean how do you you'll never think that you truly knew him yeah 
how can you ever trust anyone again? Seriously. Truly. Yeah. And like, I don't know. She also know who you are anymore. Right. It must, I honestly could not imagine. She also struggles to forget what she saw during the two days she was with these kidnappers. And one of the worst parts of all of this was because Belanga was so loved and respected by their friends and family, Noella became ostracized by many people in Melbourne's African community. Many people from within the Congolese community were angry with her for informing police about Belanga's offending, like what he did. Offending? Yeah. Do you mean attempted murder? Yes. Perhaps that's what you meant. That is what I meant. They were upset with her and blamed her for him being in prison, as if he didn't put his own damn self there. What the fuck is their rationale? They, they, they were like, oh my god, he's great. And so it's, we're upset that he's in prison, therefore it's your fault. She also said that she received threatening messages and her home was even targeted. She would come home to the back and front doors being broken. What and is wrong with these people? I don't know. And she had no idea who was behind that and what they even wanted from her. So she did end up asking the Department of Human Services to find her and her children new accommodations because that was obviously not a safe situation to be in. But because of that, Noella believes that the future for her eight children is going to be difficult in that community. But she also said that, quote, I will stand up like a strong woman. My situation, my past life, that is gone. I am starting a new life now. And actually, in regards to Belenga's sentencing, Noella commented, quote, he is a human being. From my heart, I forgive him. Let God judge him. Wow. She is a stronger woman than I am. Wow. My God. I don't think you could have handled this any better. No. Also, the people in that community, they are mad that she turned him in. But did they hear any of the evidence? I mean... Was that not made public? Was it not talked about? I mean, the pastor was in on it and helped her. Why did he say anything? I mean, it's just insane to me that you're going to blame the victim of an attempted murder from her own husband. And it's not like it was a moment of passion. It was planned months in advance. Yeah. He had all the time in the world to stop it. And right before they did it, quote unquote, he gave them the go ahead. And then he wired three and a half more thousand dollars for them to finish the job. It's not like at any moment he had pause. No. Yeah. He was driving the whole thing. It's like, can we fully lay out the story and you're still mad at her for doing what she did? He had a full confession. He pled guilty and he was sentenced to nine years. Like that, that's really like in the grand scheme of things, not that bad. Like, I mean, as far as the sentencing, as far as sentencing goes, but he literally confessed and pled guilty. How do you blame her when he literally confessed and pled guilty like i don't get it i mean this has got to be the most open and shut case that we have ever told yeah maybe i don't know if there's been an easier case where you have recordings receipts and a full confession yeah and although they let him like squirm for a few hours they were like actually psych you're guilty and he was like you're right i love that they did (laughs) you're right you're right i really love that they did that a wild story. What? It's, it's insane. Truly. So in 2021, a Lifetime film titled Death Saved My Life about a woman named Jade 
faked her own death after her abusive husband ordered a hitman to kill her was based on Noella's story. I don't think it's exactly the same, but it was inspired by, I suppose. I haven't watched it, but it's, I think it's on Hulu. So if you're interested, yeah. I mean, it's a lifetime movie, so it's got to be riddled with drama. I'm sure. And twists. I mean, did they give her any money for it to base a movie off her story? I actually don't know. I would hope so. Yeah, me too. I mean, she's got eight kids to raise. Yeah, by herself. By herself. Yeah, and clearly she doesn't even, it's not even like, oh, it takes a village because she's not, her community has shunned her. Uh, well, so they she's actively really, were messing with her. Yeah, well, yeah, not just messing with her, like very threatening things, like breaking in her front and back door and leaving threatening messages. Like that's, that's yeah. like a Ugh, bad. They should be ashamed of themselves. Absolutely. Um, so I, I actually don't know if she got paid. I hope she did. And I, I wish her nothing but the best because yeah. she is like so strong and I, I can't imagine having the outlook on this situation that she does. Um, so. Yeah, me either. I mean, for the love of God, can this woman just live the rest of her days in like... Absolute peace? Absolute peace. She's a refugee who had her husband hire a hitman and have her community turn against her as a result of her turning him in. I just can't i still cannot wrap my head around the story yeah and she showed up to her own damn funeral i mean yeah what a g so anyway that's the story of noella Rocundo. i i couldn't resist i mean when i heard about this story i was like holy shit we will be talking about yeah. it i mean what more could you want dude lifetime probably ate this story oh up they and did played it up so hard they sure did yeah it sounds like a Lifetime movie from the actual story, and that's like yeah. the real one. Yeah. But anyway, why don't we move on to our good things? All right, my good thing is that we have found a new creative outlet. Sure. We pour paint because we are, we cannot be skilled artists. Let's just be very honest about no, that. There's no skill to it. But so, I mean, at least the way we're doing it, but we, we pour it on the canvas, wiggle the canvas around and we're like, look at the pretty colors. <laughs> it actually comes out looking very cool. Oh, and it's it was sick. fun. It I, was, you know, an hour or two of fun. It Maybe, was so fun. Yeah. We had some funk mix going. Oh, we had some funky, funk funky music, good vibes all around and just pouring paint getting a little messy it, it yeah. really was quite fun yeah and it wasn't that expensive either no it, it wasn't was like 20 30 bucks yeah between the two of us and then we got we have pictures that came out that we might actually hang up in our apartment yeah that's how good they came out hell yeah so i had a lot of fun with it yeah so i'm excited to do more and you know we we both have different ideas about how to make it a little bit better so yeah i i really like Um, doing and experiencing art with you because we have such different like outlooks and like ways of doing it we have just such different methods it's very interesting to see like how your brain works as opposed to mine yeah it is you are usually so planned out like we've painted before and you will trace out a picture and then color in the lines and I just kind of jump into it but for the paint pouring you just you just go for it. It was the exact so opposite. Was the exact, exact opposite. I wanted a more. Yeah, you were thing. you were the one doing the planning. I was like, just pour it on. Who cares? Yeah. Which was very freeing. If you're a Virgo and you have, if you're stuck in your planning ways, 
Pour some paint, baby. Pour some paint. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, what's my good thing? Mm. <laughs> what? What's my good thing? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's definitely is- that's definitely one of my good things of the week. Okay, I'll, I'll make my good thing. Um, I had a really good pulled pork sandwich recently. Oh, we did. <laughs> we went to a little happy hour, and um, I can't resist pulled pork if I see it on a menu. And Ooh. boy, did she deliver! Um, very simple, but if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So that's my good thing. You know, sometimes simple yet elegant is what you need. Absolutely. A little barbecue sauce, slow roasted coleslaw toasted bun with butter. Amen. Good night. <laughs> sure. Anyways, thank you guys so much for listening. If you would like to see all the pictures we post of all the stories we talk about, check us out on Instagram at nottoday underscore podcast. If you would like to check out the bonus episode that came out on our Patreon today, check it out on Patreon at patreon.com slash nottodaypodcast. If you or anyone you know has a story of survival that you would like to share with us and hear on an and possibly hear on an upcoming listeners episode, send it to nottodaypodcast at gmail.com. We have a TikTok that is not today podcast and a Twitter that is not today podcast, but the T on the end of podcast is a three. Because that makes sense. And just keep breathing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>